forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends, and they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Cosmos Frenchies, so every single dude, all the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help, help But Wonder. wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to To us. Jamie, you look beautiful. Oh my God. Thank you. So do you. Rose is rocking a salmon silk blouse. Thank you so much. It's very eye-catching. I keep staring at it. Stop looking at my tits, you fucking I'm not perv. looking at your fucking tits, you fucking loser. I'm looking at the whole picture. <laughs> Gal, what's, who what's are you on? this week? Oh, God. Um. Well... I guess a little bit of a Charlotte, truly just now, actually, um, as I was driving over here, I just casually dipped into the Oprah Show podcast, not Oprah Super Soul Conversations, but there is a new podcast that started, I believe, very recently, where we're taking all the episodes of the Oprah Show and they're now like going to be available to listen to in podcast form, which is incredible because a lot of us... We're either, you know, too young to appreciate the Oprah show or uh, maybe watched it with our parents or babysitters or whatever and felt really nostalgic about it. Or you were at school and couldn't watch it, which was my case because my school got out late. So I feel like the little bit I saw growing up, I was like, the show is fucking incredible and I want to see it all the time. And now I can listen to it. However, it was a bit of a Charlotte tying it back. Because, especially in the episode we're going to cover today, Charlotte is just very sensitive and kind of fragile. And the episode that I was listening to of the podcast was so grim and brutal to listen to. And I have a pretty high tolerance for darkness. Like, I love dark comedy. I love when, like, Kind of any get hurt. Yeah, I mean, really, like I watch a lot of murder stuff. Like I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I have a pretty thick skin with that kind of thing. Like a, a, a particular documentary won't like bum me out. It, I can recognize that it's sad and horrible, but it doesn't like change the course of my day. I, this is actually a warning. There is an episode of the Oprah Show podcast called Multiple Personalities about a woman. I'm, I almost I don't even want to tell you what it's about because it's so bleak just if I were to recap it. But it's about a woman who was abused when she was little. And I, I mean, to, it was so insane, the story, and so horrible that I was like, I can't believe this was on daytime television. I cannot believe that at 4 p.m. on like, I think, ABC which is kind of like the, you know, essentially Disney. I don't know if Disney owned it back then, but like it's sort of like the happy, shiny network. The fact that you could watch a story this terrible at 4 p.m. Oprah was fucking groundbreaking. Like that's just it's crazy. I don't know. Anyways, don't listen to that episode, guys. I mean, unless you really, really want to go there. The episode Multiple Personalities is it is just so bleak. So yeah, I felt like Charlotte because I was just like, this this is too much. And I just like turned it off and then came in here. I would have done the same. It was so, I, I it was, I, I don't, I, 
Yeah, I don't have words. It was I, so horrible. I completely understand. I love Oprah Super Soul, and I listened to one of those episodes of her new oh, podcast. But yeah. it was really lighthearted. It was all about love and yeah. like falling in love. I almost picked that one, but I was like, you know what? I don't know a lot about multiple personalities. And then when I realized why this woman has multiple personalities, I was like, oh no. And it just took a very... A very dark turn. Cool. Well, it was, I won't watch. Guys, it. I won't listen to that. It's too much. I'm very sensitive. I can't. I can't. Something that's incredibly bleak. Like there's some things that happen in the world. Even when people watch true crime and murder stuff, they're produced in a way where it's kind of fun to watch. I know that sounds crazy. No, it's sensationalized. But there are certain things where it's like people going through like outrageous abuse that I. Can't, I it's not good for my soul. It, it doesn't add. It only subtracts. That's how I feel as well. And like this woman wrote a book about her experience, so we know that she's to that point where she can reflect on it um but oprah and it's interesting because it's to oprah's credit she asks questions she's not afraid to ask questions also because oprah is an abuse victim as well which it's honestly hard to find info on that because i wanted to read about her life she doesn't have a memoir yeah i wonder if she'll ever write it if oprah had a memoir it would sell every copy but as much as we all know that Oprah experienced abuse, there's not a lot of information on her life. I've tried to read about her because yeah. I think she's so inspiring. She's so inspiring. But it is true, though, right? Or did it, is it a rumor? Did I make it up? No, no, no. It's true. Oh, I don't think okay. she likes to dwell on it. Oh, okay. And I think she likes to keep it personal. Yeah. Like her relationship with Stedman, which I really appreciate yes, and admire. Same. Also, he's very handsome. If you look at pictures he of is. them when they were younger, yes. he's just tall and gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, she's fabulous and gorgeous she as well. She says, actually, wait. So to that point, I remember listening to her maybe on Super Soul talking about when she met Stedman. And she did say... Um, that when she met him, she was like weirded out by him and not attracted to him because he was so nice that she was like, I don't even understand. It's very like wow. Carrie Big and Aiden. Wow. Like he was a little bit of an Aiden where wow. she was just like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you so nice to me? Like she just couldn't figure it out. And then finally she like obviously gave in and they've been together for a very long time. But uh, yeah, it's just, wow. I mean... <laughs> I, I don't even know how you book that guest to come on and tell that story. Like, and how she wrote about it is interesting. I mean, all of it. It's just, it was truly the most grim thing I've ever, I maybe have ever heard. I mean, I was, I wouldn't have I been was able to listen. really, really sort of shaken up from it. Sounds awful. It was awful. Anyways, how are you and who are you? Um, I'm good. Thank you for Fun asking. little segue. <laughs> Also, <laughs> listeners, I think I was in kind of a heavy mood last week, and I'm a lot lighter now. So for Jamie and Skylar and oh, listeners, well, you're, I love how you're the light one, and I'm like uh, <laughs> over here talking well, you about cried Oprah's yet, darkest moments. It's coming. It'll talked come. Talked about how everything you do is a lie. So that's I'm okay. feeling way better. Okay, great. Sometimes you just have weeks where you just feel really bleak, and of then course. you bounce back. So all right, just to let back, you guys, guys know, I feel back. Um, who was I this week? Well. I would say I am a, I don't think I ever talked about shooting that short, did I? No. no. Okay, because I want to talk about that. Oh, good. Okay, so I think I am a Carrie-Samantha blend mm. because they both love what they do for a living. True. And are both very, very good at it. And I um, have been sort of focusing on writing for a while, but I love making projects. I love being a filmmaker and producing work and 
Um, I made a really fun short film um, and it everyone had an amazing time. I wrote it. I executive produced it. I co-starred in it. Um, everyone was laughing all day. We had the best time. And it's really exciting to have a group of people there that are all there because they believe in what you're doing and yes. they're all professionals and great at their craft and they're kind of basically donating their time right. because they think it's fun. Yeah. So that was really awesome and really confidence boosting and also just a fun time. I mean, it's been a while since I- Where did I've, you shoot it? We shot it in uh, Griffith Park. Oh, it was all outdoors. And then there was another a couple scenes at the producer's house, which was nice. Okay. But it's going to be a web series. I'm writing five more episodes and we're going to shoot five of them and then we'll have a little six episode web series. That's amazing. I know. I'm really excited. That's really great. Yeah. And I I'm, love that. I'm really excited about just like- Putting my art in my own hands because there's a lot of jobs you mm. do. Even God, here, here. Yeah, because like sometimes you have really fun staff jobs, sometimes you don't. But even if it's fun or unfun, it's not yours. So it's just like, oh yeah, I always have to be producing something that is yeah. fully me and my voice because that's the fucking point anyway. Yes, and it also is nice to uh to feel like you have some control when sometimes other things don't feel like they're completely in your control. It's just like good for the soul to have that. Yes, and actually I've been doing a lot of gratitude practices and meditating and stuff. Really? Yeah. We're meditating? We're meditating. That's exciting. It is exciting. And actually, something Jamie said to me where at the time I was like, not useful, but yep. now is useful. Uh -huh. It's because I complain a lot about this job just because the people are lovely and nice. It's just not that stimulating for me. And one thing Jamie said once to make me feel better, I don't even remember if it was on the pod or just like to text or over the phone was like, well, one thing that's good about having a job you don't really connect with is like it really like pushes you to work harder. And I was like, wow, wow, what a great thing. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but actually it's true because the last job I worked before this, I really enjoyed and I barely did anything outside oh, of it. Oh, 100%. When I had my writing job that I was obsessed with, I'm like, I don't care if I ever do anything again. Well, I didn't feel that way, but I didn't work outside of work yeah which is I, fine yeah, and healthy exaggerating, but yes but um for this one it really is to your point i really do feel like shit girl let's work on stuff and that's good because that's the only way to get stuff done is to to put it on the book so yeah anyway i just want to share a positive experience of like if there's artists listening in or creative people or people who aren't exactly where they are want to be yet doesn't matter how much money you have. Just try and make something outside of what you're doing because also that'll just bring you peace. Uh, to that point, I also think it really helps to set a deadline. I'm a real big proponent of deadlines. Recently, I decided I'm going to do Edinburgh this year, the Fringe awesome. Festival, which basically just means I'm going to be in Scotland for a month doing the same show every single day. Um, and I've heard it's really grueling and like it's basically... I don't even know if boot camp is the word. It's more like rehab. It's like you kind of have to like suffer to get through it kind of thing. But in the end, it's worth it. But I was like, I was talking to whatever, I was talking to my reps and they were like, well, we think it's a really good idea that it's coming up not so soon, but kind of soon. It's in August. They're like, because that's like it'll force you to get to where you need to be by then. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't really just had like a hard deadline in a while. And I'm really grateful for it. Yeah, deadlines are great. They're kind of dope. They're great, but it's harder when you don't when you when it's self-imposed. Because you have something you have to do at that time. Like I have a couple scripts yeah, that like technically true. can be due whenever, but I've given myself the deadline that this pilot I'm writing is due at the end of the month. 
as well as the five new episodes of my web series. And that's doable. That's great. Yeah, because I already have act one of the other one. And anyway, details. But yeah. Okay, great. Well, I'm loving this. Thanks. I'm just happy to be back to myself because this podcast really reminds me of where I am. It's almost like an audio it's a check journal. In. Yeah. Because last week I was really sad. And that's okay. You're allowed to be. But I'm happy on a selfish level that I don't feel that way right now. Yeah, and, of course. And I get a little insecure for listeners and my friends and Jamie and Skylar and Anna because I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to be this like heavy presence, you know? Oh, my God. No. That's not... I don't think that crying... It, one time or even if you did it 10 times I don't think that's what makes someone a heavy presence but I literally threw myself a pity party and it was like what am I good at everything is like I mean like sometimes you feel that way but then you can just move through it also sometimes it's good to have a pity party yeah I really threw my, myself like, one get it you have to cleanse yourself a little bit get those thoughts out get those feelings out and then like can I say something else Yes. It's kind of tangential. Please. So maybe you know somebody like this. Maybe you are like this. Mm -hmm. But I have an interrupting problem. Mm. And it's really a problem. When we first started doing this podcast, I did it a lot. Hopefully I've done it less. I'm really trying. Feel free to call me out. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Okay. It's a real problem. (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) No, because I'm not aware of it while I'm doing it. I also have a lot of, and I just interrupted you in telling you this, I have a lot of interrupters in my family, so I, I might not even be the best person to keep you in check. Well, I have been put in check before at work. Um, at this job? At this job and what? the one before. Oh. By people who love me, who are yeah. like, I love you. Yeah. I love your brain. Yeah. I know it works very fast, but you have a tendency to do this, and it really embarrasses me. Mm. I mean, I'd much rather know, but... um. It's something I really need to work on. So that's something that it's like I'm very open and honest about that flaw of mine. So I want you guys to keep me honest. And listeners, I'm sorry if you've heard me interrupting a lot. I'm really going to work on it. Oh, my God, Rose. I I mean, good for you for saying it. Uh, I also feel like I have an interrupting problem. I definitely do. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I come from a long line of interrupters. Do you feel that way, Skylar? I feel like I interrupt. That you're a, a big interrupter? I, no, not, not, that's not my experience. Really? I would not characterize you as a big interrupter. Okay, but the, but the occasional for sure. And okay, we're, I think we're all occasional interrupters. Mm. Some of us are incessant. I would not. <laughs> she just winked at me, you guys. She just winked. She Betty Boop kissed me from across the table. Well, Jamie, I don't think you are an incessant. Okay, wow. I have a good friend who you know who mm. is a wild interrupter. Who is it? Just tell me. Just mouth it to me. I'll tell you after. I think I know who you said. But okay. the point is, she has a great brain. It works really fast. She's that's a TV comedy writer. Most, that's the case with most interrupters. And you know what she does that I do and my sister does and everyone in my family does? Mm-hmm. Someone's telling a story and she tries to fill in the blank. So yesterday you that's went to the I grocery do. store. That's you what did I do. That's what I do. You've never noticed that with me? Never. Oh, I, oh I'm, such a, I'm such a sentence completer. I am too. And so is my it's friend. It's so hard not to. It's and I also you know what's funny is I speak slow and I'll notice that other people will do it to me and I'm I'm always like oh, like how dare you and then I'm like oh but like I do it to other people too I, it's just these are all things that we're all just trying to be more cognizant of I'm definitely trying to because did they say it to you today because that felt no, fresh okay. no it was a while ago you know what it was is because okay. you were saying something and I wanted to say something but I I told myself whoa Wait. Dan called so we're just gonna have him say hi quickly this is my husband here wait hold on say hi hello Wonderistas <laughs> uh, wonderful to meet you uh, do I choose like which 
which lady I consider myself. Oh my god! Yes, yes, but you have to go quick because we haven't even done it yet for this episode. We're way off track. I mean, I would like to think that I'm a, you know, Carrie, kind of like a self-starter. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and that I have the sex appeal of a Samantha. Um, nice. And that I'm not rigid like a Kristen, but I think truthfully... Charlotte, I'm Charlotte. Down, Kristen is the woman oh, who Charlotte. plays her, Kristen yeah. Is real name, right? Yeah, it is. That's actually and pretty, that was pretty good. Kristen Davis. Yeah, Kristen Davis, that's um, right. Yeah, I respect their actors. Okay, right, uh, right. I'm a Miranda. Uh, we are all Mirandas, yeah, Dan. All Mirandas. That is correct. Yeah, that's true. So uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's what I got. Okay, well, um, thank you for stopping by. We're going to continue, and I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> Cute. Well, now we know. Dan has great taste, obviously. That's why he's a Miranda. Okay. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have... A terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. Um, so, are we ready to get into the app? Let's do is it. Is it time? I think it is, is time. Is it that time? Okay. Uh, the episode we are covering, oh yeah, also anyone who's new to the podcast, uh, this actually is a Sex and City podcast. We just chatted up a little bit up top and throughout, um, but yeah, so just in case you were like, I don't understand, it was called Couldn't Help But Wonder, uh, but yes, it is about Sex and the City. So today we're covering season three, episode 16, it's called Frenemies. So things kick off with Miranda prepping for her big night out with a guy named Will, Samantha having some bed-moving sex with a guy named Sebastian, and Charlotte trying to have sex with a husband named Trey. Unfortunately, yet again, he loses his erection. A few hours later, Miranda gives Carrie a call. Will never showed, and she's wondering, what the hell? After her and Carrie hang up, Miranda gives Will's home number one last shot, and someone picks up. It's not Will, however. Will died. Everyone catches up for lunch to discuss. They're starting to die on us. Oh, my God. Well, at least you weren't <laughs> stood up. 35, oh and they're God. dying. We should just give up now. Well, on the bright side, this could explain why they don't call back. Mm. How did he? Heart attack oh. at the gym. See? This is why I don't work out. You want to hear the worst part? I felt so bad, I told his mother I would go to the wake. You don't even know him. What? And it's safe to say she never will. Mm. Well, I, for one, am far from being dead. I just got us reservations at Samba next week. Oh, fancy. But I could only get us a four-top. Do you think Trey would mind staying home? No. He doesn't seem up for much these days. Charlotte, is everything okay? We've been trying, you know, to... Fuck? Whatever. (laughs) And it's just not... Getting big and hard. What is this, dirty Mad Libs? I love him and he's trying, but this is so frustrating. Of course it is. I mean, last night, I got so turned on, I almost... 
Right. You almost masturbated. He almost got it up together. You almost had sex. <laughs> right next to my husband. I feel so ashamed. Everybody masturbates. I did it this morning. Well, that explains why I got your voicemail. He masturbates and he reads porn. But when it comes to dealing with me, nothing. Madonna whore. You think? Absolutely. Trey sees you as his virginal wife, not his sexual plaything. You're not going to get anywhere until you change how he sees you. Hmm. That is so fucking hilarious that the guy didn't call him ba- her back because he's he dead. Died. Yeah. That's such a great plot it's, twist. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Have you ever dated anyone who passed away? Um, no. Have you? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Very briefly. Very, very br- more of a. Well, no, we did he uh, die on a date that you were with because he mysteriously no, 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 choked no. on the, some poison the water timing, that you gave The him. comedic timing was not there. But um, yeah, we dated uh, oh my God, Jamie. maybe for like a mm, for like a month, I would say as then, an adult. Yeah, this was like in my late 20s. Jesus Christ, what happened? Um, He died of a heroin overdose. Oh, my God. Yep. And uh, it was. Yeah. Did I mean, that shake you up? Uh, yeah, because we were friends. Like, we'd been friends for a while. I would say the dating was kind of like, whatever. It ended pretty quickly, but then we were just friends, and yeah, it was really insane. Did you know when you were friends with him that he had a drug problem? he didn't at the time. He had one later. Wow. Yeah, he was just like, I mean, he like smoked pot, but he was never... Is pot what we call it these I days? Don't, I don't. Yeah, pot. What's the term? No, it's pot. Weed. Skylar, you're weed young and cool. Okay. Pot seems cooler than weed. Is weed pot sounds cooler? gross. I used to think pot was cooler, but pot makes me feel older when I say pot. Weed that's sounds my, disgusting. That's dank my, weed. Dank weed. You got to keep I mean, it dank. dank is my favorite word. <laughs> Dank's great. Weed. <laughs> dank up, weed down. Yeah, <laughs> dank is a great word. Dank up, weed down. Uh, that's how we get around town. Yep. Wow, I am. That was so good. That was like, yeah. If anybody Watches Love is Blind. That was about as good as Cameron rapping oh to Lauren. Oh my god. Did you watch it? Uh, yes, it please. So Are you kidding? Embarrassing. I'm obsessed with it. it the was white guy rapping so was uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable. And it also that show's edited very clippy. Like there's no scene that lasts that long. It's very like you know. But that scene felt like it lasted 25 minutes. I was like, he's been rapping way too long. Like this is so uncomfortable. Everyone who listens to this podcast also watches Love is Blind. And if you don't, guys, treat yourself. I think that they already do, but I'm just going to say for everyone, well, whether he's rapping or just talking, he's, he's got the most serious thousand yard stare. I know. 100% of the time. Yes. No. Yeah. Well, actually that was the one refreshing thing about the rapping. I was like, oh, he does have another mode. It's not my favorite mode. It's an uncomfortable mode, but it is a different mode. God, I was like, this is bad. It was terrible. Abort, 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 a hundred percent. She loved it. She thought it was funny. She loves him. The that's... mom loved it. Everyone loved it. It's everyone watching that's like, stop, please. It was like my eyes were Cameron, bleeding. no. Cameron. It wasn't good. It was like too serious. Oh, Rapping so is bad. Unless, yeah. What? Anyways. Okay. So anyway. Okay. Back to the, back to what we, yeah. what our podcast is about. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so does Samantha's Madonna whore framing of Trey and Charlotte's dynamic track for you? What do you think? Um, well, the fact that he watches porn and jerks off and comes from that is interesting information. It is information I feel like we needed in prior episodes that we weren't getting. And that must be very hurtful and offensive for Charlotte. I think Madonna whore is actually a little bit um, 
simplifying. 100%. And she and Samantha was so like confident when she said it, almost as if she went through that with also, someone. And I was like, wait, what? But she's also never been married. So I'm like, there's no virginal wife in Samantha's world. Yeah. Also, it's like almost as if she invented it. Like this thing I came up with. Yeah. Go with me on it. I know. <laughs> no, I think the reason why it's very reductive is I think it's less Madonna whore and like fantasy versus reality. Yeah. Because that's the same thing as people who have porn addictions. It's sure. like, I think he has an intimacy problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, holistically. Yes. Physically, emotionally. I think he does not know how to be close to a person. Yes, I think that's true. And he has general anxiety with closeness. Mm-hmm. With talking about feelings, with having sex, with anything. It's probably related to his mother. Totally. Bunny. I wonder what Bunny that is. is very, Bunny, we, we're going to see more of Bunny soon. Interesting that she smokes because that's kind of always, I'm sorry. Sorry if you smoke, but this is my snobby, judgmental parents talking through me. But it always seems like a low-class thing to smoke. It just feels trashy to me. Even though I guess plenty of rich people do it. I know what you mean, though. It is kind of, it's it's almost like Parisian the way she smokes or something. I thought it looked trashy. I was like, wow, you're supposed to be this like It's surprising. It's not what I would have thought. Yeah, it's a weird, it's... It kind of adds up in a weird way. I don't know. It, it must be based on someone because it felt like such an odd detail to add that I was like, they must know someone like this. And she smoked. I know that wasps drink a lot. They're drinking martinis all day and yes. stuff. But I didn't know that smoking was part of it. I just feel like tennis and outdoors. No, of course. And like, That's what weird. I'm saying. It's like it's so out of character that I was like, they. it must be based on someone. Because why would you give that woman, if it was just an archetype, why would you give that woman a cigarette? Yeah, I agree. Um. But I I think that I don't know enough about what Trey's going through or enough about him in general to diagnose. But I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you that I don't think it's Madonna whore. Because if it was, he'd be sleeping with prostitutes, I think. Mm. Yeah, he's a moral. I don't think it's that. I don't think that's the problem. No, it's not. Well, yeah, I mean, again, this is this is such a to be continued with Trey. I feel like. Probably for the whole series, it's the most confusing. It's it's the I feel like I have to do the most detective work to understand what's going on there. It's also interesting because I don't want to jump the gun too much, but Jamie and I and Skylar have watched ahead a little, and the whole entire Trey arc is actually very very short. Like Aiden, mm. it, looking back on the show, I thought it went on and Trey on. Trey feels long to me. Yeah, wow. I guess. It's not seasons and seasons no. of Trey. It's less than one season. Yeah, you're right. So the entire relationship starts at, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're don't right. want to go too no, far no, ahead. No, no. I know what you mean. Yeah, you're right. But his character, it's interesting. His character is so defined in so many ways because Kyle McLaughlin, that's his name, right? Oh, yeah. so He hot. is such a good actor that you are like, this is a person. This is not a character. This is a person. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so dynamic. But then the writing for Trey is a little, it's just a little confusing. Yeah, I think that's such a testament to exactly what you're saying to McLaughlin way more than it is to what's on the page. Like the guy is playing depths that, again, he's not given. No, not at all. Because there's also like something to the whole, to Samantha's framing of the Madonna horror thing that like does truly feel like a like uh, sort of like writerly trope Mm -hmm. way more than it feels like this is Samantha's pitching that as what's happening as a result of like really reading their relationship because we don't know their relationship right. really. It's yeah. like and they also don't hang out with everybody. Like mm-hmm. they he's kind of 
He kind of does his own thing. Yeah, the, he's kind I, of like Aiden in that way. Aiden, I feel like never hung. I guess one time he hung out with all the girls, but not really. Yeah, I think the only time we really saw him around the girls was at uh, the pre-wedding party. Yes, exactly. Um, otherwise, he doesn't really seem to hang out with them or no. know them very well. No. Okay, Jamie, take us to the next thing. Okay, Carrie heads to the Learning Annex, where she's giving the seminar Bright Lights, Date City. The auditorium's packed with women dying to learn the secret to picking up men from the Carrie Bradshaw, which Carrie didn't really prepare for. She gives a few vague suggestions to put yourself out there, and the audience basically revolts. They wanted specifics, damn it, and Carrie did not have them. Later at Will's wake, Carrie unpacks her botched seminar with Miranda. They both pay their respects to the dead by ogling his corpse and agreeing that Miranda really missed out on a that hottie. That was so funny. I know. That was hysterical. Yeah. At the post-wake reception, Miranda meets Jim, an ex-musician and ex-roommate of Will's. They were always competitive, more frenemies than friends. Carrie and Jim once had a thing before Carrie broke it off over him being an asshole. Miranda doesn't really see that side in their brief hang, and they set a date. Over at her place, Samantha and Sebastian go at it yet again, scooting the bed all over the apartment. Charlotte and Trey, meanwhile, don't. Everyone meets up to discuss. I'm telling you, we almost broke the bed. You can't break a bed. What does this stallion do for a living? I'm not sure. Huh. Hey, does he go to Mickey Mantle's? You got me. How can you not know anything about him? You slept with him. I fucked him. He made me come six times. It's good enough for me. <laughs> Stop it. Why do you always have to talk about sex like that? Because I can. Okay, girl, simmer down. Mommy hasn't had her caffeine yet. I, I can't take this anymore. Oh, hey, frittatas. Sex is something special that's supposed to happen between two people who love each other. Or two people who love sex. Oh, my God, you're such a... A what? What am I, Charlotte? When are you going to learn that you can't just sleep with everything that comes along? Hey, Mrs. Softy, at least I'm getting oh, laid. Shit. And you can forget Samba. That girl needs the stick out of her ass and a dick in her coochie pronto. Am I right? Not getting involved. I'm with her. The stick out of her ass and a dick in her coochie pronto is this like is excellent writing. If I got any tattoo, it would be that. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like, it's so, so funny. And the way the she delivery, delivers it. Uh, Samantha is the best, I'm pissed that the she best comedic didn't, actress on the show. Yeah, it's like just like Julia Louise Dreyfus or um, Christina Applegate. Why didn't she just keep getting why or Christine Baranski? Like, why isn't she just in everything? I, I totally agree. This makes no sense. It must, Betty be White. On, it must be on her because she like I know she does like those tantric workshops and wrote. Did you know that? What? Yeah, I think her and her husband. What? Please don't quote me on she this because this is fully. Mm, I think she's single. Maybe she used to. Okay. I feel like, and I might be wrong, and I can already feel people being like, I know the story, Jamie. Yeah, and tell I'm probably us the telling real it wrong. Story. I don't, I have to Google it to fact check, but I remember her having a book or something about tantric sex, and I believe she was doing workshops as well. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I think that she kind of went more in the sexual direction versus like, the hilarious acting direction. Mm. Like she took the sex of Samantha and kind of applied that to her career, it seems like. I don't know. Which is an interesting I don't think that that's what she's trying to do. I don't think she's trying to have a sex teacher career or anything. She was. 
Wow, I don't know if it's still, but I remember she was because we'll I think she was on this. She was on some show. I remember hmm. either hearing it on a radio show or seeing it on something. Hmm. Um, she has an ebook called The Art of the Female Orgasm. Yeah. And she was like, that just sounds like a little hobby, no? It features over 75 illustrations. <laughs> <laughs> that's no hobby. That's no hobby. <laughs> Baby, that's a career. That sounds like Samantha. I know. Um, well, this scene is really interesting, and um, my thought is, obviously, brilliant writing, because they set something like this up to happen, um, that it is not sensitive of Samantha 100%. to brag about her sex life when she knows that one of her best friends is, entire marriage is almost collapsing because of... And they of, talked about it. They had a scene where they all talked about it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that, for example... If your friend just got fired, you don't go to brunch and go, you know what the best thing is about having my dream job? It's just not nice, even if it's what's happening. Just modulate a little. So I think that Samantha was being, I think Samantha was being uh, insensitive as a friend. She was being insensitive. That's that's point A. Point B is the way they wrote Charlotte's reaction. At first I was like, okay. Yes, I Charlotte should feel hurt. But it was weird that Charlotte turned it into a slut thing versus just being like, come on, like, you know what I'm going through and it feels like you're just like throwing that in my face and it really hurts. Like it kind of went this very Charlotte. I mean, it makes sense because she, this is her character. But it went into a sort of heightened place when she's like, oh, is everything about sex? It's like, well, you know, it is because in a previous scene, you were just saying how you want to be fucked. So it's a little it was a, it was a strange it was a strange writing choice. But also knowing how Charlotte reacts and she's kind of not in touch with herself. Maybe it's plausible, but it was a little bit of a bump for me. I think that it was a. It, it was a, I hear you because it's also not even true for Charlotte. Charlotte's That's had plenty what I'm of, saying. no, I think it's one of those things where your feelings are hurt, you're blacking out and you just start trying to hurt somebody. Right. I don't think she actually right, believes that. Right, I mean, right, it's not right. even relevant to her own life. Yeah. It's also interesting because I don't know if you can even hurt Samantha's feelings that way. <laughs> That's true. I think calling Samantha a slut or She's being like, like, thank you. Well, I just don't think it's a big dig for her to hear, like, how dare you not have sex with people you love? Like, I don't even think it's effective. I don't think she has shame about it. No, no, she doesn't. And she stood by it. She was like, I'm what, Charlotte? What? Like, there's literally nothing you can say to tear down my sex life. And Miranda, and what did you guys think about Miranda and... uh, Carrie just being quiet? Was that relatable to you? Is that what you would have done? Uh, I don't know that I've ever been in the situation where I'm with a group and two people start fighting. Oh, I have. And you have. So what? What? What's the? I'm trying. To, I'm sure I have. I just can't access it right away. So yeah, tell me yours, and maybe something will pop I've, up for me. I've weirdly done it, and the person, the person who. Oh, wait, I just thought of it. Sorry. Go the ahead. person who I did it with listens to this podcast, so oh, she'll she'll well, know. Shout It'll, out. She, it, won't, it won't bother. So like, it's three yeah. people or four people. Four people, like. Our, uh, mine and Kristen's like two best friends. Yeah. Uh, we were all watching one of my favorite movies years ago, The Social Network. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend and I just got in such a strange argument about the plot. Uh-huh. And like, <laughs> fucking Skylar. We just truly like, like just had. He's a guy, right? He, he, no, no, no. It's my friend Janine. Oh, so. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, 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 a nerd Hi, movie argument. 100%. We just. 
truly had different perspectives on Eduardo. And it started, on it Eduardo. started like my opinion, your opinion, and then became like it, sort of it was it's a fully war. yeah, it's fully the only time like we've ever like gotten worked up at each other. And Were you like really... sex is between two people who love each other? Yeah. Oh my god, it, it, it was just so weird because it's like it it hasn't happened before or since. It who was calmed like, it down? Did anyone jump in? We both like at a certain point were just like, what are we? It's about a movie. Like, we like at a certain point, like kind of, I think both of us just like kind of got a sense of perspective in the yeah. moment and like let it go. But it was like it was from nowhere. It was not productive. But what did the like, other two people do? Oh, they both were just like, I'm not. They did yeah. what Miranda and Carrie yeah, did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, 100. percent They were just like, I'm not jumping in here. So I don't I know what this is you? for. Tell, can I tell, tell you? Oh well, it's it's really horrifying now that I'm recalling. But you blacked it out. Now it just came back. Yeah, I was at a birthday dinner and I was sitting. It was long table as they always are and of course I'm nowhere near the person that I know she's on the opposite end and I'm like who are these people I'm seated with and I'm across from this guy and we were talking about it was during I don't remember what year it was but I know Hillary Clinton was relevant like we were people were really rallying around Hillary and as was I and he I didn't know this guy uh, this guy Marty was sitting across from me and I I later learned he was just trying to be funny by being a contrarian and that he actually agreed with me so he's kind of doing this character but I was saying how I felt about Hillary which I get it you're not supposed to bring up politics at the dinner table well now I know why because this is the one time I did and it went very south very quickly but I was talking about it and then he just was like completely negating everything that I was saying in like a fake sort of fake like right wing extremist way and I think that was his way of being funny because he actually turns out to be quite liberal whatever you're allowed to have your opinions but he was just shooting me down so hard and we were at a dinner and I got very upset and I started crying at the table I was I like have. really I hate def- contrarians I was really like it felt personal it just I don't know I don't I couldn't even remember what 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 I said or what he said I just remember crying at the table and then my friend whose birthday it was saw it and I did she intervene? She actually wasn't mad at me. Oh, why would she be mad at you? I don't know, Jamie. Because I'm the one crying say- at the table, crying. He she should be mad at him. I can't believe you would even say she wasn't even mad at me. Like, why would anyone be mad yeah, at someone for I guess crying? Maybe because she maybe only saw me crying and but, thought I was like pulling focus no, and probably didn't Jamie, hear him. Come on, I don't know. He wasn't being loud. I was the one who was getting heated. He was he was being quietly contrarian. All I'm saying is he was attracted to you because the only time guys just start fucking no. putting you down is You think when it's they- like playground like like you have cooties and it's like he actually I think wants to fuck me. The they don't only do that on the playground. The kids don't want to fuck each other, but yeah, these days <laughs> who knows? Growing up so fast they are. I have only met male contrarians. Okay. I think it's the most exhausting personality yeah. trait. Devil's advocate is a I never I mean, mark my words, I will never spend time with someone, male, female, lover, friend, who says, just to be devil's advocate, goodbye. Life is too hard. Yeah, I don't want to play this. Stop advocating for the devil. I only intervene. So this scene, two friends are fighting mm-hmm. and two friends are yeah, just sitting there. Yeah, has this happened to you? I 
have friends that are a couple that bicker a lot in front of people, mm. which makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah, that's the worst. And the friend that I'm closer I've to, that. I've been those. I've been whatever. That with Dan. I think it's happened, but yeah. but this this couple does it frequently. Oh, that's hard. And they love each other. They're just it's. I don't like to be around bickering it, people. We've talked about this. It feels like our parents. We're like, no. It's also just I don't like to be around people who are being rude to anyone, right. let alone somebody I love. And the friend in the couple that I'm closest to is more of the bitch. She's really the one who's being rude, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's not That's the other way around. how it is. And we're the rude ones. Uh, and usually I sit there and like whatever. But then if she tries to engage me like in front of like Rose, you agree, right? Like, can you like believe this? And I go, no, it's you. You're the one who's being it. And I've done that before. Wow. And I'm like, if she's going to engage me. And there have been times where they didn't ask my opinion. And I go, XYZ, you need to calm down. This wow. is you're you're being rude to her. Wow. Like, I don't do it a lot and it's not my job and I don't want to. How do they respond to that? I don't know. It didn't do anything major, but it's like if you're gonna put me in here, then fine. I'm gonna I'm not just gonna sit here. If you yeah. guys are gonna do this, then I'm gonna be like just a reality check here from the third party, you're being a bitch. Yeah. No, it's so hard. But I don't like me. I don't want oh, that Oh, it's role. the worst. One time, Dan and I, Dan was being such a jerk. Like, like arguably, like just clear cut, like not. Not, not debatable. Not debatable. And we were in the car with his brother Ugh. and his brother defended him. And Ugh. I wanted to be like, get out of the car. Oh, my God. Two against one is so unfair. And also, two against two one men. when one of them is your family. Like, that's Ugh. cheating. Also, two men against one woman. I'm never into. Ugh, it's it's doubly awful for that reason. Yes. Yeah. I Ugh. think in general, if friends are arguing, it's really uncomfortable to be in the middle. But if somebody, if I was at the table when Samantha and Charlotte were doing that, I probably would have gone, "Hey, Samantha, just cool it with the sex talk." I probably would have said something like that, like, "Hey, Sam, come on, like." Yeah, I'd like kick her leg. It's an easy like, enough thing again, especially because they were already together, hearing and trying, hearing Charlotte's struggles and trying to help her. So it's just a little like I don't know. And, it, yeah, it was just it's such a clear thing of like, hey, Sam, calm down. And then it, then they could have gone, and she would have. I feel like she would have. Well, the thing is, um, Charlotte was the more rude one, but she was the one who was more hurt. Like. You know, yeah, I was also I was just going to say there is that like when an argument is like about to happen, I feel like there gets to be that point where like the people who are in it are just going to dig their heels in. So like I point of no return. Exactly. And so I think that this scene sort of had that after after uh, Charlotte turns to Samantha or excuse me, Samantha asked Charlotte to just like to like go for it. Like, what are you going to call me? uh, Charlotte basically. And, and like, you can ask everybody to calm down then, but like they're already on the ride. Yeah, It feels like the gauntlet's thrown a little bit at that point. Yeah. To that point, like, you know, I almost wonder, and I wonder if this was conscious in the writer's room or not, but I wonder if the reason, um, Samantha came in so hot with like, her story on some subconscious level and now it's like they're really people but on some subconscious level loves that she's having a ton of sex and like Charlotte's not like almost lording that over her a little bit well maybe maybe there that's an interesting point Jamie because it's kind of like I see what you're saying it's like pressing the bruise and being like you're living a lie you're living a lie you know that lie you're always trying to sell us on it's not real that's interesting Jamie that's really interesting I think that I mean, I've had not not on this level of wanting to just hurt someone, 
But I have had those instincts before where it's almost like the thing you're not allowed to talk about. It's like all you want to talk about. Like even on a subconscious level, not like if I were in that situation, there probably would be part of me that would like want it. Like if I were if I've Charlotte were my friend, there probably would be a part of me that's like, why do I always want to talk about sex right now? And it's like because, you know, your friend is like struggling like I think you fight it but it does come up that's really interesting I think it would be less just from this like purely malicious like because I know it would hurt her and more because it's like I told you you want to wake her wrong about of course oh yeah Yeah. no not malicious no but just to kind of be like wake up girl yeah I think so that's a good point I like that angle yeah I don't know I mean again I wish they were real people. I would hang out with them all the time. Um, All right. Well, getting back into the episode. So Carrie and Charlotte head to a very not Charlotte style sex shop to pick up some gear to save her marriage. She's got to try something big. And while Samantha would normally be her go to on that sort of thing, she and Charlotte are not speaking. And Samantha gets up to some shopping of her own. She gets into a scarf tug of war with Claire Ann, a spunky woman who's basically a southern version of Samantha. They hit it off and set a drink state. Miranda and Jim have their date, which goes great. Was Carrie wrong about him being an asshole? Miranda invites her to third wheel it at their next hang so she can find out. Charlotte meets up with some old college pals for brunch. They're a refined trio of Smith alums. Charlotte catches them all off guard when she just comes out with her and Trey's bedroom troubles and really wanting to get fucked. It's way too blunt for the sisters, and Charlotte tosses cash on the table and takes off. I love that scene. Me too. Samantha and Claire Ann keep their good times are rolling at a bar when they spot a pair of guys drinking alone. So oh funny. My God. They beeline right over. It's all going great until Claire Ann decides that her dude's just too damn hot and she crawls under the table to start blowing him. That ends up being a bridge too far for Sam and she ducks out. Side note, I don't think that this is too far for Sam. It's totally random that she's decided this is the line. Yeah. She would have done this uh, at uh, any 100%, episode. 100%. 100%. It's totally made up. Yeah. I think it's just that like she was next to it. So she was like, this is gross. Yeah. But I don't know. It doesn't feel out alone, of character at all. If she were alone, she would do it. I just don't think she wants to do it while a friend maybe, is there. Maybe it's a little that Claire Ann beat her to the punch. I think it's, so it's something like, like this. Oh my God. Yeah, because yeah, her being like, this is too much. I'm like, like totally. when? It's like, I I love and we got to that, do a blowjob at a restaurant. And we it's got like, the runner of like, and you can forget about Samba. They say that 500 <laughs> times. It's so funny. Well, actually, they really hype up Samba. Yeah, I think that's true. Isn't I think Samba like a shitty restaurant on 7th Avenue. I don't know. I think it is. I remember live when I was an I, I interned in New York in college and I remember we lived near Samba and I remember being like, I don't want to eat there. It doesn't look good. And then they're like, we got to go to Samba. And you're like, I don't think it's like a restaurant. Maybe I, it was when it first opened and then it went downhill. I don't remember it, but I do think that the reason that she wanted to get out of there is because her friend was out being the wild card and she wants to be the wild card in the group. Yeah. And maybe also, yeah, exactly. I'm the wild card in this group. Oh. Um, okay. So Carrie heads to her get to know the new gym drinks with Miranda. So I, uh, I lost track of you, but I always read your column. It's really good. Thank you. Maybe I've been wrong. Jim seemed kind, funny, attentive. There's a lot of sex in there. (laughs) It creeps in. You didn't seem to know too much about sex when we were dating. And still an asshole. All right, then. Good to see you. Don't leave. Don't leave. I was joking. (laughs) Stay. I have really bad time. 
Speaking of which, did you ever hear his band play? No, uh-uh. Uh, she was too busy going shopping for shoes. Oh, I do like my shoes. Yeah. They come in handy when you're walking all over people, huh? Hey, Jim, come on. Oh, just reliving happy memories. Carrie doesn't walk all over people. She sure as fuck did with me. Jesus. Well, maybe that's because you're an asshole. I'm an asshole? She's the asshole. She never called me once after we broke up. That's because you're an asshole. She's the asshole. She's not an asshole. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> you know what? Never call me again. Oh, you're breaking up with me? Oh, yeah. Ooh, the fancy lawyer lady's breaking up with me like I give a shit. <laughs> Jim hadn't gotten older or wiser. Once wow. dumped, he would still dump on everyone else. You are such assholes. Also, you know what's funny is the writers are so good. They could have come up with a better Raz and fancy lawyer lady, but maybe they didn't because he's stupid. So yes. they kept it at his level yes. because calling if somebody called me a fancy writer, be like, oh, my God, thank you so much. It's yeah. like that's not an insult. No, it's kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, we learned a little bit about Carrie through this dude that she, I guess, is bad in bed or was. I don't think so. I think he's just hurt and was just throwing things around. It felt real to me. It felt real. When did he say she was bad in bed? He said, "You don't." yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of sex in that column. You didn't seem to know much about sex when we were together. I don't think that was real. I think he's just, I mean, they were I like mean, in college or he's something. He's being an asshole no matter what, but it was a little like, it was almost like their sex life is the thing that broke them up. I mean, obviously I'm inferring a lot here. No, I agree with you. Um, it's, it's. He's such a fun he's such a fun character in the way that he's written for exactly the reasons that you're pointing out. Like he's a he's a dummy, but he's also like refined and it's just yeah. all coming out now that he like really he really seems to He was hurt by this relationship. Yeah, and he and he's it's like, also a dick. Don't get me wrong. Oh, 100%, but it's no, like, he's disgusting. But, but it's, it's eight years later and he's and like he's, he's still like, bitter about it. Here's my chance to get even with yeah. Carrie Bratch. I still read her column. It's Maybe like, he took the date with Miranda just to have access to Carrie. Yeah. Again. I thought he seemed like he was totally in love with her. I'm like why do you even give a shit like if I dated somebody for a month 10 years ago I wouldn't care I guess maybe if they really hurt me but um something that brought up memories from this is my sister and I my sister and I are one year apart and look enough alike that if you were attracted to her you'd be attracted to me and vice versa I would think um and back in New York she had this very handsome tempestuous jerk art boyfriend artist mm, boyfriend who's mm-hmm. whatever and then they broke up and he always kind of had a crush on me and then years later like honestly like 10 years later mm-hmm. eight years later he was living in LA and he asked me out mm-hmm. and I asked my sister if it was okay if I went out with him yeah. and my sister was married already so and it wasn't like the love of her life or it wasn't right, like a right, five-year right. relationship right, it was course. a few months but I think it weirded her out, but she was like, yeah, f- sure, fine, but I don't want to hear about it at all. And I was like, okay. And she might have said, like, he sucks or whatever. Mm. And then we went out, and he fucking sucked, and he was oh, such an asshole. No. What did he do? He would just kind of put me down and, like, ew, nagged me. Ew. Yeah, yeah. Not nice. Yeah, not oh, nice. The face you just made was so cute, Skylar. He just made, like, so he's, awful. he was like, yeah, so you're always single. Like, what's the deal with that? Like, on the date. I was like, what's... Ew. Yeah, it was really rude. Then I realized that's... Oh, he's the My worst. sister told me, she's like, he's a mean guy right and then i wanted to talk to her about it and she's like no i told you you can go out with him but i don't want to hear about it yeah 
And one thing I thought was interesting about this whole experience between Carrie, the point being, if somebody that you love very much is like, this person is bad, probably they're right. Like, but one thing I thought was interesting, having experienced that myself, having experienced my sister going out with an asshole and then me going out with him and he was, yes, an asshole, is that my sister, even though she's married happily, I think there was a part of her that was hurt Mm -hmm. and her ego was slightly bruised that somebody she had been with would have wanted to be with me, which I understand. I'd probably be super weirded out if Mm -hmm. it was the other way around. They didn't even touch it at all or explore it at all that Carrie would be hurt, jealous, insecure, just on the smallest bit that an ex-boyfriend is now dating her best friend. That's not realistic to have 0% chance. It was really more just he's an asshole. There was no... uh, there is no twinge. Like, yeah, especially if he's an asshole. Like, I feel like that's so scarring. But I mean, I also think however it I went know what down. You're saying. I'm agreeing. I'm there agreeing. would be a part of you that's like, yep. wait, you don't want to date me? Like, you'd be aff- I'd be offended if anyone I ever was with then wanted to be with a friend of mine. Yeah, it's I, I totally agree. It I don't think that's light an, me up. I don't think that's easy. I think the fact that yeah, you're right. Like either either way, because I'm like, okay, it's so much worse if he's like terrible and he was terrible to you and now he's gonna be terrible to someone you love. That adds another layer. But even if it was like Yeah, no, I think that makes it worse. Cause if it was kind of like, eh, whatever, like we never really clicked in the first place and then like she wants to I'm like, all right, well like I ended that anyway. So Feel free to give it a shot. But if I was like broken up with by someone and then they wanted to date she my friend. She broke up with him. Right. That's what I'm saying is that she broke up with him. So it makes more sense to me in my head that she's like, I mean, Miranda, if you want to. Right. Like, sure. But mean. he's a dickhead. You know what the way I feel is? <sighs> I think I just never want to feel competitive with my friends. And sure. even if I had zero interest in this person anymore, I'm sorry. But my ego would flare up and be like, why aren't you wanting to be with me? Why do you want to be with them? It's like really petty. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's petty. I think it makes sense. I've also never been in that situation where someone dated. Think about an ex that you don't even care about. If all of a sudden I was dating them, it would probably bother you. I actually don't think it would. I actually if I liked them and it was a clean break and and I was the one who initiated the break. Yeah. Unless they were a dickhead. I don't see myself having a problem with yeah, that. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not if a problem. If it was really like a neutral, neutral thing yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, we went on a few like that. But, but if I mean, you kind of still had feelings or any kind of thing. No. I mean, right. that's that's unrealistic. You're right. You're right. Okay, so maybe it is fine. I actually would be kind of excited, I think. When you said that, I was like, oh, I'd kind of be excited if you hit it off with someone that I didn't hit it off with. And I liked that guy. I'm thinking of that one guy you dated who was a comedian. Oh, God. Let me think. That had a bit of a drinking problem. Oh, which one? <laughs> I guess um, I'm saying the same thing. Literally like, all of them? Yeah. Okay, well. Should we jump out? Let's do it. So after Jim, Carrie really makes a meal out of telling Miranda I told you so, which was very cute. Over at Charlotte's, she surprises Trey wearing her hot new sex shop look. Also, Charlotte looks stunning in that I mean, scene. She's radiant. Her face she's and always hair. radiant. It's it's such an intimate scene for the show. Like I, I feel like they rarely do like real deal like emotions. Yeah, Charlotte being vulnerable and Charlotte like locking eyes with Trey and being like, "Look at me, I'm your wife." It's like it's really like earnestly written and like well performed by Kristen Davis. And I like, agree. Yeah, it's a beautiful scene. Um, At first, he's not having it, and he tells her to take it off. She does and starts touching herself, which he has to admit is hot. 
they finally do it. Finally, they something have gets sex. through to him. Jesus. It only lasts for a minute, but it's enough for Charlotte to call Samantha afterwards and patch things up, which is very sweet. I loved the way this episode ended. Me too. Um, okay. The episode ends with Carrie taking the women who show up to the learning annex out of the classroom and into a bar for on the ground pickup coaching. She's much better at it than she is at the whole seminar thing, which, of course, she's Carrie G.D. Bradshaw. Okay, so let's go to the question of the episode. If you stay single in New York long enough, you're supposed to get wiser about dating. What men to pick, where to meet them. But what really made any of us experts? Wasn't our single status a neon sign that we couldn't get it right? What if all these years in New York have only made us older, more confused, or dead? Are we getting wiser or just older? Are we getting dead? There's parts of me that feel dead. Are we getting closer to dead? Um, A resounding yes. Yes. How do you feel about this, Jamie Lee? I actually think this is one of the less um, thought-provoking questions because I think that to me it's like, yeah, you're getting older and wiser. Like, Do you feel that you're getting older and wiser? Yeah, 100%. Do you? I think I am in some ways, but in other ways, I see myself doing the same stuff over and over again. Yeah, I, I don't think the the growth is necessarily quick, but there are certain things I can point to where I'm like, oh, I would never deal with that again. No, that's true. I do think I'm your standards kind of start to raise. Maybe. No, in, I agree with in that. Different areas of your life, not always personal or career or whatever. But like, you know, you just know you catch yourself being like, oh, old me would have. X, Y, and Z, and new me doesn't do that. This is kind of like a sidestep, but also related to this. I went to a concert the other night, Mm -hmm. and I don't like seeing concerts. Mm -hmm. I like movies, theater, plays, and comedy. Were you into the band? Love the band. Oh, really? I find seeing live music as boring as it gets. Wow, love the band, though. But in my teens and 20s, I Loved it. Now I am so bored. And I went to this concert. I was the oldest person there. Everybody was 22, 23, 24. What band? What band? Moses Sumney. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. Okay. He has a new album out, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was doing uh, this thing. And I went with my friend who's like 26. And um, it was kind of a nice feeling because I, I made sure that we got there an hour and a half early so we could get seats. So we were like comfortably sitting early. Yeah. I stayed for an hour and then left. And I was like, you know what's cool? It's cool to get older and wiser and accept that you are different than you were 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I would have loved this. Mm. I would have had the time of my life. I would have been there to the bitter end. I would have gotten there late and stood up the whole time or danced in the front. Mm -hmm. And not in a sad way. It's just there's things that I like more now. I get that. But it kind of felt cool. That felt older and wiser. I think my thing with concerts is I don't I used to go to a lot of shows and it would be varying degrees of how much I love the band. But now I only go if I'm like I have to see them live like before I die. Like it almost feels like a bucket list situation. And then it's very satisfying, especially if there are chairs. That's that's the sweet spot. It won't spot. happen without chairs for me. 
I went to see Radiohead last summer, two summers How was ago. it? It was like one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Oh my God. Yeah, I went I went two nights in a row. Wow. Because um, they're playing at Madison Square Garden, which is Is that chairs? I've never been. Chairs, yeah. I mean, they also had standing room, but I had seats mm-hmm. and paid so oh my seats God. Seats is everything. so expensive. Seats is everything. I I spent like, ugh, I don't want to talk about don't it. Talk. But yeah, but I, it was really crazy. Can you slide a number I, across yeah. and I'm just like jaw drop? No, it's just like, I've never paid that much for tickets in Sounds my like life. Sounds like it's worth it. But it was so worth it worth it and um they did like a week of shows at madison square garden and people i was this is when i was on crashing and everyone in the crew was going like it was like a thing we didn't go together but like everyone was going and coming back and being like because the set list was different every night and it kind of became like this summer thing that everyone was doing and it was truly it was like transformative how much i loved it amazing it was crazy but i actually i but i what's interesting is that I was I found myself sort of what you're saying. I found myself like I I feel the way you do about concerts. I was shocked that I still nice. had it that's in me. Nice. I was like, oh my God, look at me enjoying that's awesome. live music in this very pure way again. I love that. Yeah, it was really surprising. Well, I do have tickets to see Alanis Morissette and Fiona <gasps> Apple at the Hollywood Bowl coming in June. I bought them like I want to go to that. Come. Do you think I can still get tickets? Probably not. Lindsay and Melissa Probably and I not. got them like Damn, months ago. That's so smart. But that is a concert where I know every single one of those songs. They're like in, they're like branded on my they're bones. In your bones. Yeah. So that's going to be the best night of my life. Also, I love the Hollywood Bowl. I mean, give me like a bucket of chicken and a seat, and I can do anything. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, ugh, Hollywood Bowl. I I would see like, I don't even know. I want to like go and see like Disney songs there, and I would. Yeah, I would. So I would go. We it's, should go to the Hollywood Bowl soon. I would love to. We should I, go I, with I, all yeah. of us. You guys bring your spouses, and I'll bring like a dummy. Okay. Like a blow-up sex doll. I saw a chorus line there, and it was one of the best things I've ever done. I love musicals. I saw The Who there when I was a Ugh. kid. It was, no, Skylar, it was fantastic. I, I had a great time. go to The Who You gotta you. see The Who. They're no. really good now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now Skylar, is the time to see you them. you and Kristen are gonna have to come with us, and we're gonna choose something that you guys might I'll, not like. I'll also see, like, good artists. <laughs> I mean, The Who are good, but not in 2010 Depends when I saw them. who you're talking to. Okay, guys. Uh, final segment, Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Um, I'm going to do an OG style horny for and get like really like serious and like emotional, but mm-hmm. I'm in a good mood, but like not a lighthearted like I've literally I know said I, I know I've like chosen like edamame before and stuff. So like yeah. this is a little more than that. <laughs> but I have been in a 12 step program. For? It's called ACA, Adult Children of Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Families. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. And so you don't have to have alcoholic parents. Right, I right, don't. Right, right. But if you grew up in a dysfunctional household. Ugh, I need to go. It is the most incredible. I've gone maybe every week for two months now. My therapist suggested a long time ago. And something that I value deeply that's like one of my biggest values now is community. Mm-hmm. Um, Like there's different ways people have community. Like your family can be a community. Your church can be a community, your softball team, if you're in a band, but like, I don't have any of those things. So I really crave community. I really crave a group that I feel like I can be a hundred percent myself with. I have individual close relationships, but I don't have a community. And my therapist was like, you know, you might want to try 12 step. My therapist has been sober for like 25 years and has like, loves 12 step it has been so transformative for him and i love group therapy i love group sharing 
And I started going a couple months ago. And no matter what is going on with my life, I feel like everything's going to be okay because I have a place to go and talk about it. That's amazing. And I like share whatever's going on with me. I like cry in my shares. People are so supportive, so loving. And it's really inspiring because everybody there, like present company excluded, not talking about you guys, but I do have quite a few friends who are engaging in really toxic behavior. And these are people that I love. And it's really nice to be around people that are like, I'm facing my problems and I'm dealing with my problems, unlike most people that are facing nothing and dealing with nothing. And these are people that I love. Yeah, sure. And so there's something really cool and inspiring about being with people that are like, I am dedicated to healing this fucking shit. Yeah. And how big are the groups? Mm, How big is this one? I would say around 20-ish, 25 people go. Is it the same people every week? Are people pretty consistent? Or you see like drop-offs? I see a lot of the same people every time. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And I'm going to start going a second time a week to start doing the 12 steps. So now. So this is that way. So that's different. So which, what's the difference between the two? So basically, I have been one day a week. I've already committed to going to group. Mm -hmm. But they're starting this thing called the step program. Mm. I don't even know if I'm allowed to be talking about this. But basically. In any 12 steps, whether it's overeaters or um, Al-Anon, there's there's workaholism, 12 sure. step. There's codependency. Kind of, there's it's all incredible. Yeah. And there's 12 steps and it takes people a long time to do it. And so um, one day a week, I'm going to go to this group where we just talk and share and we read out of the book, which is amazing. And then starting next week, I'm, I'm joining a second day of the week where we a group of us are starting the 12 steps together. And it's a year long thing where every certain day of the week, we're going to be working together. Wow. Yeah. And like really just like doing every step. That's amazing. Honestly, I look the days, the day of the week that I have this, I'm like a kid in it. I'm so happy. I look forward to it all day. Mm. And when I'm there, I just feel like a huge weight is just like evaporates out of my life. Oh my God. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's also really nice to like hear other people's stories and get out of your own head. And and the thing that I really like about it is it's like when you walk into this room, there is no armor. There's nothing to be cool about. People cry. They talk about the things they're insecure about, like how they whatever they're going through. And it's incredible. I, I've been interested in healing and group healing for for years And there's something so inspiring, especially in a town like L.A. where everyone is fronting about everything. It is so cool to be in a room full of people that are just like, this is how I feel today. And I'm really lonely or I'm really scared or I'm really this. And Mm -hmm. it's just like everyone in here is being authentic. There's nothing to gain. It's just relaxing. Wow. Feels real, you know? Yeah. I've thought about going to a 12 step. I, I, I recommend it for yeah, anything. I would love to do it. And you know what my therapist said? He's like, it almost doesn't even matter what you go for. Right. It's the committing to it. To the 12 steps. Correct. No, no, not even the steps. It's oh. to mit- committing to the, a group. Oh, oh, Committing sure. to a group that becomes your community and having a safe place where like, it doesn't even, he's like, he's like the group, the, the thing you choose to do is kind of incidental. Uh-huh. It's developing trust and like growth and like, like, just having something that you stick with and then feel close to because if you're not close to your family, which I'm not, and you're not religious and then you don't have a community, right? You don't have a place to go where like everybody, you can just be yourself and everybody gets you. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of get like sort of some of the benefits 
it's kind of like a family of like church totally yeah it's like church family it's like friendship. therapy church yes it's really nice it's i mean i always craved community it's something i've been looking for my whole life and i think that i want to have it in many ways but that's one way that's really scratching the itch that's great yeah so how many I, weeks have you been going i've probably gone like nine or ten times holy shit i love it that's it's amazing like, that night is non-negotiable like i'm that's great if i'm unless i'm traveling i'm there yeah um and Oof. that's another good thing too is like the value of commitment like you have like when you stick with things anything the benefits just start to unfold and you really realize wow having self-discipline and following through on yes. commitments yes. is so important yes yes on a much more superficial scale i have that with my gym appointment that i've gone to now like every tuesday unless i'm out of town it's not superficial. at 7 a.m and the woman that I train with is so insistent. There was one time I couldn't be there because of traffic and not, not that I didn't leave early enough. There was like a thing in out, whatever. It doesn't matter. It was like related to the fires in LA and I just like couldn't get there. And cause I kept getting rerouted and it was so interesting the way she's like, you need to tell me why you weren't here. And like her whole thing is accountability. And I was like, Oh, I guess I've never really, I mean, since like, being in school when things start on time, I guess I haven't had that hard line of accountability in a really long time. Because even if you're like late to work a little bit, people are like, yeah, it's fine. It's like, especially in our field, sometimes it's like, yeah, just like, you know, coming around 10 and it's like people kind of trickle in at 10 and then you don't even start until like 1130 because your boss isn't there or whatever. Like there's something nice about just like show up. It starts right at the clock. At 7 a.m., you have to be here. Yeah, and I don't think that is superficial at all. I think you're working on your health, and yeah. you're dedicated to it. And because you've done that, that's why you see results. Superficial just meaning, like, aesthetically. It's an aesthetic Whatever. Thing. It's good for your health, too. It's true. What are you horny for? I don't even know. Um, what have you been reading, watching? Every horny for you ever have ends up being my favorite thing. Oh, um, well, I'm going to recommend a horny for that I actually haven't... I, I haven't... Uh, checked it out, but I have a friend who recommended it, and I trust all of her advice on books, podcasts, movies to consume. Um, and it's the audiobook by Miranda Hart, and it's called mm-hmm. Is It Just Me? And um, it's the next thing I'm going to start reading, but she says that it's like truly delightful and hilarious and like just such a great audiobook. I'm not a big audiobook person. Only on road trips, really, do I get into them. I usually like to just like read on my, I like to download ebooks and read on my phone. Um, but yeah, I, I trust, uh, I trust my friend's recommendation. Shout out to Joyce Wu, fan of the pod, for uh, recommending that. And I can't wait to read it. And you guys should read it too. Great. Because she knows her shit. Awesome. Okay. Well, guys, that concludes yet another fabulous episode, if I don't say so myself. If I don't say so myself either. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast cast app if you're nasty it helps us it helps you it helps everyone you're nasty bye. bye forever dog this has been a forever dog production 
Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Meow, meow, meow.